Switched on on F104 and I'm joined by spokesperson with Give Us The Night and DJ Sunil Sharp. Hello. Hi Louise, how's it going? How are you getting on? Thank you very much for joining us. So the sale of alcohol bill is currently being in discussion. It's in motion, but where do we stand? What's the situation with it at the moment? Well, the general scheme of the bill was recently published and following that, all of the the main groups that are kind of involved in the in the conversation, the main stakeholders had an opportunity to give feedback to the Oireachtas Justice Committee. So that committee consists of TDs and senators, and they now scrutinise the bill as it currently looks. So it's very much a draft bill, uh, and, and how it looks now will be a bit different to the, the final publication of the bill. So, mm. it, yeah, it's a draft, but it's it's over 400 pages. So a lot of work has been done. And and it has to be said, a lot of this work has been done going back many years. This sale of alcohol bill is in the making for the best part of 20 years now. So um, it, it, for some people, it feels like these these licensing laws are coming out of nowhere and it's very sudden, but it, it's not. The, I mean, this bill was for, was first spoken about uh, as far back as 2004, you know, and I'm sure that uh, uh, plans for the sale of alcohol bill were already in the works or being discussed before that. Uh, but you, you, you may remember going back some years um, Michael McDowell proposed uh, the cafe bar mm -hmm. license, which at the time got shot down. Um, so he obviously had to kind of retreat and had to kind of back down on that idea at the time. But he did announce at the time that he would be coming back with a with a reinforced sale of alcohol bill an all encompassing licensing bill. But that never um, that never saw the light of day. So it, it, it's still been. Um, it's still being worked on. It it was it was what would be the best way, but it was revisited recently mm -hmm. uh, and kind of spruced up, given a little bit bit of a bit of a spring clean, or I don't know the best <laughs> way of putting it because because it, it was dusted off because yeah. a, like I said, a lot of the work a lot of the work had been done on this many years ago. You know, okay. I think one of the main officials now who would have worked on that is, is retired. You know, so so it's. Um, uh, the new officials in the department and obviously there's a new minister there, uh, Minister McEntee. Um, now it's uh, Minister Harris, but it, it looks like Minister McEntee will probably be um, back in charge by the time that this legislation goes through. So, you know, I think a lot of things changed. and We did predict that in the last election that there would be a new profile of um, a politician and uh, and and. Um, perhaps those at a senior level who would feel a little bit stronger about changing mm -hmm. these laws, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it has, it has actually been part of a, a kind of a, I, I guess a younger, a younger profile of politician coming through like, like Helen McEntee. Um, and then it does appear like this time that there's been a fairly kind of unanimous agreements, right? Like there's been cross party support really for, yeah. for licensing reform, you know, so it's just about what that modernization is going to look like now. So, like I said, we've given feedback. Uh, we've also spoken and had a meeting directly to with the Justice Committee, which mm -hmm. also included other stakeholders like the LVA, the VFI. MEAI and the, the uh, Craft Brewers Association. I'm not sure actually of their exact title. I should know at the moment. Sorry, but um, but anyway, there was a, so mostly people from the um, the, the the drinks industry mm -hmm. and nighttime industry, mm -hmm. and from our sector, uh, the nightclub industry, 
And then last week, then there was another another meeting which would have kind of involved people, public health officials and yeah. uh, those from pro health organizations. So. Um, so, yeah, I think there's been a fairly extensive consultation now. So the, the committee will report back uh, soon to the department and to the minister. And then from that point, then the the bill will be redrafted and that's when the attorney general gets a little bit more involved mm-hmm. in terms of the final drafting of this and, and and we'd like to see it being presented to the doll i'd like to see it in there by the early part of the summer i don't see any reason why we can't have this legislation through by 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 may or early june i, I really see no reason why why it shouldn't be uh, enacted into law by then what are some of the elements you hope it has in it from your side well, flexibility is a big one. I mean, mm-hmm. first of all, I think it's worth saying we don't feel it's a radical reform. We feel it's moderate, but we are realistic in terms of the country that this is. Mm-hmm. The Maybe the open-mindedness to change still isn't maybe perhaps all the way there in terms of what you know it could be you know i think we're very safe we don't really like to uh, traditionally i mean we don't go near licensing laws in the country you know we we, and we certainly never review any changes that are made either you know there was very damaging changes made in 2008 and no government or justice minister ever came back and asked were were these changes positive did they have the desired effects did did we get it wrong you know Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i think um and i think that's something that's quite unique to to our Ireland, you know, in most countries, they can be, you know, they're generally a little bit more fluid with this stuff in that they're 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 trying to tweak the laws to make them better. And and you have to you have to sometimes recognize that you're not always going to get it right. And we didn't get it right here. And it shouldn't have taken another 14 or 15 years to change our laws. You know, there was amendments. uh, There were the laws were tinkered with back in 2000 and um, 2008 and it never really got that overhaul i don't believe that this is an overhaul at all actually uh but it is uh simplifying it is going to serve to simplify the laws mm-hmm. it, it should streamline the process in terms of getting licenses in terms of getting one-off licenses uh in terms of uh cutting down on core time um, we're very hopeful that the licensing costs will be significantly reduced as well. The idea that you could have to pay close to €150,000 if you wanted to open every night of the week uh, is a scandal. Um, if you want to open 364 days a week in Ireland now, that's how much you would have to pay. Wow. So, I mean, the equivalent in other countries is anywhere from 500 euros to two and a half thousand euros, you know. So uh, I think there's a, a big difference there. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason is because we're working within the, the pub licensing system. We've never had our own standalone license. And it doesn't look like we're going to get our own standalone license in this either. Uh, what we'll be getting is a nightclub permit, which is an add-on to an existing seven-day publican's license. So it's that isn't for us the, the best way to do it, mm-hmm. but it could make sense if there wasn't a huge barrier to entry of having to buy a pub license for and it can be a fluctuating price uh, yeah. now if you wanted to buy a pub license you 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 would have to pay about 60,000 euros on the open market so really what we're hoping for and what we're pushing for and asking for is that the barriers to entry particularly for new operators um, are removed you know we need to bring more 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 young people into the market i mean it, it, if you look at the licensed trade most of the people who are running 
late night venues or um, I don't want to say licensed premises in general, because there's a lot of younger uh, publicans, uh, a lot a lot more people coming into the into the food business as well, who are opening restaurants who, who could be all ages. But in terms of the late night market, uh, we need to see a little bit more movements, uh, you know, a bit more freshness. Um, and yeah, just 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 some younger people with some new ideas, you know, coming into the market. And if you place these huge um huge uh, barriers financial barriers to entry because there already are lots of other overheads involved mm-hmm. with, with opening a venue you know and you kind of have to ask yourself who'd be mad enough to sign up to it at the moment uh, I think if you're a young entrepreneur and you just want to do something and want to get a business off the ground you might want to open a venue but you might look at the overheads and go mm, maybe that's not where I'm going to put my money you know mm-hmm. so we have to incentivize um new operators uh, existing operators as well because a, a lot has to be said for those who are experienced who have skin in the game who know how to run a venue that often they're the best people then to to open additional venues too but at the same time that can sometimes lead to monopolies too um and I think it's it's important that we have uh, a good uh, variety and, and a diversity of choice um, both in Dublin and around the country you know so yeah absolutely like we did test some some venues on culture night didn't we is it likely that we might get a couple of new venues um, I think so. There's definitely a will out there and there's a few sort of, ba- you know, there was the old, um, and actually I, I'm a little bit forgetful today. I forget the name. It's, 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 it's oh, I don't, I don't know. There's a couple of basements uh, venues that have opened. One where the Metropolitan used to be mm-hmm. close to the uh, Laughter Lounge. It's It's got so below in the title, but I forget the actual full name of the venue. I should know. Um, but there's a couple... There's a couple of places that are that have either opened or in the in in the middle of opening. I mean, Rera is going to return as well. Um, uh, like there's a few places that are coming back. Um, there's also a lot of people that are waiting to see what these licensing changes are mm-hmm. going to be mm-hmm. and then decide what What's their next, next? move is. Yeah. You, you know, so um, I mean, there's other there's other venues that are kind of just lying there as well. When you think of like, because one of the problems with Dublin now is there aren't many places to put a late night venue um, or a music venue in general, you know, and we've lost a lot of music venues and nightclubs from the suburbs. But, you know, and I think like a lot of residents were probably, you know, glad to see the back of these venues. Uh, but now in the city centre, residents also have a lot of uh, say in what goes in beside them now you know Dublin's getting more and more built up mm-hmm. um so it's um it would stand to reason that some nightlife moves a little bit out of the city too you know yeah. so um i i'd like I, obviously you you want everything to be central but i do think there are opportunities some of which aren't too far out of the very center i mean dublin 8 has a lot of potential thomas street and beyond up mm-hmm. towards guinnesses i mean there are spots around there you know the digital hub is a good example you know then if you're talking about abbey street which is obviously very central but just somewhere i'm thinking of now you've got the old independent building that could be good there's other opportunities down the docklands as well then when you go down to dublin port uh you go out to clontarf there's a few kind of locations i mean listen i scan the city quite a lot so (laughs) yeah there's there's a lot there's a lot there's i wouldn't say there's a lot but there are some places that 
it, it could where there is potential mm-hmm. um and you know different industrial estates um yeah there is potential but it's not like it was in the old days and you know rents are very high in the city center as well so it's um and it's difficult to get a venue and to hang on to it as well so mm-hmm. i think that's why the city council need to enable more temporary clubs as well uh there's a there's a well we hear a lot about meanwhile use but what what is meanwhile use essentially means is temporary use so so to to use certain buildings that might be earmarked for a completely different other use Mm -hmm. but uh but for some reason maybe the planning has been held up um or the money isn't there yet to start the building that should be the or the renovations or whatever it might be that they are the opportunities that we need to start delivering more in the city center i mean a great a great um a great example would be the dit building there on angel street i mean what's that doing you know mm-hmm. that could easily be put into use uh, and and could turn into a temporary uh, it, it could be a daytime business um it it could be it could be used for for various cultural uses it could be a restaurant it could be uh, a venue of some type um you could do all sorts of buildings like that and that's why i think um the yeah the council just need to be need to loosen up a little bit on some of this stuff you know and you know there is an an argument too that some of this could be developer led you know there's good rents there going for developers and for management companies uh, who are sitting on on some of these buildings uh, that are doing nothing in some cases these buildings are actually owned by the state or Mm -hmm. are, are are under the, the the control of certain government departments and and government agencies, you know, and that's not that's not also added as well. You can also add into the mix uh, uh, properties that the council own as well. So I think really to to bring a little bit of life into the city, we need to we need to do start doing some exciting stuff, you know, yeah. not just hoping maybe. that. Yeah. yeah, we need to actually kind of push it on a little bit. So mm-hmm. there will be a nighttime advisor in the city centre uh, really? or in Dublin City um, mm-hmm. at some point. Uh, I'd imagine that person will be appointed this year. Um, and I'd like after that happens for the the city council to just start to um, encourage and be a little bit more pro- more proactive about the, 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 the offering that we have at night. Um, uh, and new entries into the nighttime market in terms of venue spaces because we have to bring some excitement and vibrancy back into Dublin. I mean, there's venues there that obviously, you know, need the support. And I always tell people, you know, uh, try to support the venues that are in the city centre, you know, mm-hmm. because if you don't, they may not be there tomorrow, you know. And it's a real yeah. real struggle for for venues at the moment. Sorry, Louise. No, I was just going, this is the thing. Yeah, this is the thing. You know, we want venues to stay open. We don't want to be losing any more because as it is, we don't have many left. So, you know, we want to keep the ones that we have. But you guys that give us the night are actually really good at kind of keeping everybody up to date on everything. We try, we try to be, I mean, I'd say, I'd say like a lot of the work and a lot of our activity, it's, you know, we don't necessarily publicize all of it, you know, there's definitely Mm -hmm. a lot of ongoing work that we're doing with the, with the culture departments, there's the, you know, various meetings that we'd have within Dublin City Council, um, I sit on the the city arts committee as well, and some of that would sort of branch out into discussions about nighttime economy and venues and access to space, you know. So mm-hmm. it's definitely something that we're very tuned into, and I'm I'm actually quite proud of some of the um some of the influence and and the kind of impact that we've had on the culture section that's in the newly published city development plan. 
um, and for the first time, um, there is like a, a proper protection there for um, for existing nighttime venues. So there's a certain policy um, that, that you may have heard about. It's called Agents of Change. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of a venue or, you know, a new um hotel or apartments um usually actually uh, uh, residential properties uh, being built right beside a venue and inevitably that venue having to shut yeah. because of uh, nice. uh residents uh, mm. complaints mm-hmm. uh, there was a new uh planning law that was brought into effect in well it, it it's not only england i mean it's been brought in a number of countries uh, but we managed to get uh, something very similar to the agents of change in the new development plan so the onus would now be on residents or whoever the developer is uh to to put in ample soundproofing and to ensure that their presence new presence in the area isn't going to impact on the venue itself so for the first time there are more safeguards there um in um for for existing uh nighttime venues and it was really important for us to get some protection in there and there's other there's other elements of the development plan as well which um from a planning perspective uh will 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 seek to protect protect venues in a way that they weren't protected in the past so very happy about that yeah it's excellent and no doubt we haven't stopped talking about this so we will chat again but thank you so much for chatting to us this evening thank you thanks a lot